Welcome everybody to the Business Backstory Podcast. I'm your host, Lou Soriano. I am also a certified financial planner based out of Smithtown, New York. And the Business Backstory Podcast is geared towards learning and understanding the journey of entrepreneurs. And I'm very fortunate to have a very special guest today, Mr. Jimmy Giuliano. Thank you. He's a dad. He's a husband. He's the number one broker out in the Hamptons, correct? Yeah, and Nest Seeker is the number one broker, four years running. So. Four years running, and he's also on the hit Netflix show, Million Dollar Beach House. Jimmy, welcome to the show, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I appreciate you being here. Um, I know you're a busy guy, you got a lot going on, and uh, we've been chopping it up a little bit, and I just want to like kind of get a feeling for... You as a person, mm-hmm. we know about the whole Netflix thing, right? How's that been going? I mean, That's changed things a little bit, no? Yeah, Netflix was great. We filmed probably 18 months ago. Obviously, mm-hmm. with COVID, we weren't able to get cameras up, up and rolling again, but we should be up and rolling within a month and a half, so we're excited for the next season. Okay. And uh, nobody really knows, so keep it on the low. Okay, keep it on the low. <laughs> Hopefully, when this comes out, the show will be announced, right? Yeah. So, so breaking news a little bit. Yeah, normally they tell us about 30 days before we uh, we get cameras rolling. Okay. Because, uh, you know, their lead times are very short, so mm-hmm. they don't really give us too much of a heads up. They're just like, okay. block out your schedule for the next three months. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. All right, so before we get into the whole Netflix thing, and obviously we'll touch on it, but, um, you know, as the podcast implies, right, I want to know a little bit about you. I want to know about Jimmy the person, a little of the backstory there. So um, married, yes? Yes, married. How I've, long? I've been married for five years. Okay. Yeah, we got married in Charleston, South Carolina. Beautiful. We were, uh, you know, met in college. I was in a fraternity. She was in the sorority. and. Mm-hmm. First time I met her, she actually kicked me out of her sorority, so... Oh, no kidding. Okay. <laughs> it didn't start off so great. <laughs> well, sometimes that's the way life is, right? Exactly. You got your circles, uh, ups and downs, and comes full circle, rather. Exactly. Um, and you have a son, correct? Yep. Rocco? He, Rocco is one and a half. Beautiful. And uh, we actually have one on the way. So Congratulations. We're ex- yeah, we're excited about it. Number two and uh, another boy, so... Oh, another boy. So you know what you have. Yeah. The blue eyes like that, I'm thinking too, right? Yeah, my son's like my mirror image of me, just better looking. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen pictures of him on uh, on Instagram. I'm kicking stuff down here. Uh, beautiful baby boy. God bless. Thank God you. Bless. Thank you. So I know you're a busy guy, number one in your firm, past four years running, you're saying. Mm-hmm. How do you manage like the work-life balance? It's got to be tough, right? Sounds like 2020 was an incredible year, right? You had all this activity. Business is great. New baby boy, growing family. It How de- do you balance this stuff? I mean, it's definitely tough. I mean, I'm not perfect by any means. Um, when I first started my business, I was obviously 26 years old, 25 mm-hmm. years old. All I had to do was wake up and go to work. You know, right. my wife at the time uh you know was working as well so it was a good balance because while she was at work she didn't really you know bother me and i was just grinding away right and then obviously you get married things start you know prospering even more in your personal life and then in your business life and then you have a son and then things really really change change. 
So she stopped, uh, obviously working. She's, you know, at home, Mm -hmm. but now it's a little bit harder because she wants me to be with her. Right. So she's pregnant again. I'm trying to juggle it, you know, family life. I obviously love spending time with them, but you know, there's only so much the team can do without me. So I really do still plug away like 60 to 70 hours a week. Wow. That's that's a lot. During COVID, I mean... You know, while the market's hot, you got to take advantage of it. Absolutely. You know, this could be turned off within 60 days, and then I might not pull a paycheck for six months. So it's it, it's a crazy field, right? So, um, and I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's okay. We're just going to like chop it up and yeah, no talk, worries. right? Um, I read an article in the Wall Street Journal just this week, and they were talking about how there's more realtors than homes for sale nationwide. It's like a hot field, right? And they think, Part of it is because 2020 happened, right? Mm-hmm. And everybody's reevaluating their lives, their careers, and they're saying, hey, this is a career, flexible schedule. You know, you guys make it look easy. You know, you're on TV, you have these hit shows, you're selling multi-million dollar homes, and the commissions are incredible. But you know that's not like no, the way it is. There's I, a lot of work that goes into this, right? Yeah, I mean, my first year, I always tell people I made $28,000. So, wow. you know, everybody thinks it's easy breaking in. And, mm-hmm. you know, I've been very successful. But my first two years were rough. I mean, I don't want to, you know, ever admit this, but you contemplate your next opportunity, right? You, wow. you pull, you go to your, you know, accountant and you see 28000 after you work 50, 60 hours a week. And right. you might take off two weeks the whole year. And you're questioning yourself, like, should I keep doing this? Should I keep plugging through? And, you know, I'm not somebody who's a quitter. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was a probably about seven brokers that I started with. And right. I'm the only one still working in the field. Right. So, you know, there's something I read, like 80% of brokers quit within I 12 months. Yeah. So, you know, you really got to stick stick to your guns and really see at least two years out. I always tell people, if you're not happy with your job, mm-hmm. you know, then obviously this might not be for you, you know, be right. for you. But if the income is the only thing holding back, you got to build your Rolodex. It just doesn't happen overnight. You know, a buyer doesn't walk in and say, hey, sell me a $6 million house. It just doesn't it, happen. It doesn't happen. No. And people don't realize like, oh, I'm the best seller. I was in insurance sales. I was in car sales, you know, all these. It's a whole nother thing, right? Completely different. You got to learn the market. And especially nowadays, the buyers are so smart and they're so educated. So if you're not bringing add value to the, you know, obviously to them and to the acquisition, Mm -hmm. they don't need you. Right. You know, they'll go direct to the seller. Yeah, it's like just the transaction at that point, right? Exactly. And buyers are sometimes very foolish because they think that they're saving on commission. Mm-hmm. But, you know, there's deals all the time in the market where it's for sale for $8 million and it trades for seven five. Right. But little did they know I could have picked it up for six eight, And they're paying one commission, they think. But we already have pre-negotiated contracts. Right. So they're just paying the sellers twice. The selling yeah. broker twice. So they're not saving any money and they mm-hmm. end up spending more. Yeah. So, you know, there's, and everybody works different. You know, some people like doing their own research and going direct themselves, right. which is per- perfectly fine. But mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of mistakes. Does that happen a lot? So the market you're in out in the Hamptons and before even like, I think it was Alec Baldwin once. He says, there's no such thing as the Hamptons, right? There's all these towns that comprise the Hamptons. Exactly. So for whoever may be watching who, some people think Long Island is like, 
the ham the whole thing right? exactly so define like the hamptons and then explain how that market is so different from let's say western you know like from riverhead correct west. it's it's a whole different thing right yeah i mean the hamptons are a very unique place like every little hamlet has a completely different feel Mm-hmm. So I was born and raised in Southampton. Southampton's a nice, quiet little village. Um, you know, it's like the old days, I would I would say. Everybody knows everybody. You walk down the right. street, I walk into a restaurant, I know their kids, I know them. Right. You know, they know me, they know my family. It's a very nice feel. Like mm-hmm. and that's why, you know, that's where I put my roots down and where my family's gonna be. Um, Sag Harbor is a beautiful boating community. Sag Harbor was one of the communities that was fighting with Manhattan back in the shipping days mm-hmm. when they would come from England because the natural port. Right. Sag Harbor actually had a better natural port than Manhattan. No kidding. So okay. that's why all the yachts are in Sag Harbor because they're naturally protected in the coves. I see. And they have deep waterways so you can get, you know, 90 foot, 110 foot boats. Mm-hmm. So what they've done is they've actually engineered boats in Italy and some of these big ones like San Lorenzo and all these other, you know, uh, high end yachts right. where the drawbridge, because there's a, a bridge that's only a certain uh, oh yeah, what's I forget the name of the bridge, but I know what you're going about. right into Sag Harbor Village. Yep. yep, from North Haven. And what they do is they design yachts so that the top draw of the boat folds down to slip right underneath. Wow, it's insane. Wow. So like that's how good of a port it is that they're right. designing boats just around right. the port. Exactly. So it, it's it's an amazing feel in Tech Harbor. I love it. The restaurants are on the water. Mm-hmm. It's a very cool feel. Then there's Bridgehampton, where my office is. You know, Bridgehampton is a lot of farm fields. Really beautiful because that's a lot, one of the last areas to be developed in the Hamptons, mm-hmm. Bridgehampton and Tagaponic. So you see a lot of reserve land where you see farm fields, farm stands. Right. Very very cool. Parts of Watermill as well. Okay. And then you go further east and you hit East Hampton, and then you have the beach communities like Amagansett and Montauk, which are right. completely different. Right. And Montauk so, is like a whole nother thing, right? Because people just go out there. That's well, like kind of a party town, especially in the summer. Not when I was growing up. I mean, we used to go out there to Heather Hills camping. And yeah. It's a lot of families back in, you know, the late 80s, early 90s. Okay. Even going into the 2000s. Mm-hmm. It's only within the last 10 years that that's really shifted to the you know, 25 to 30 year olds. Okay. And they're really trying to slow that down because it's getting a little out of hand, like the share houses. My and all kids, that. like my daughter Lauren's here with us. Her friends like going out there. My son goes out there with his friends. Um, yeah. And it has changed, I guess. So how has the Hamptons changed? Like from when you were growing up there as a kid to now, like, um, I would think you have more of the people just coming in for the weekends or just day trippers well, or is that it, the it thing? Because traffic like, is horrible. It is horrible. It's horrible. That's it's like why one I, lane in, one lane out, right? That's why I don't leave the Hamptons. This right. is like the first time I've been west of the canal in like a so, year. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but to be completely honest, uh, the Hamptons were only Memorial Day to Labor Day. There was after, Seasonal. Yeah, very seasonal. And Tuesday is called Cactus Tuesday because the second, the Monday after Labor Day. Tumbleweeds out there. Yeah, tumbleweeds. And you would be able to walk in a restaurant and there would be nobody there. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, they're staying longer. They're getting in early May and they're staying through September, October. The weather is actually better in September, October than it is in June. Right. So 
they're staying longer. Mm -hmm. uh, the farm students, there's more events, there's more things to do. So it's becoming like almost a six month term instead right. of a three month term, which is nice. Cause I mean, you're spending all this money. Why not spend the longer time period out right. here? And yes, it might be only weekends cause the kids go back to school in September mm -hmm. and October, but they're all coming out on the weekends. Interesting. Yeah. And the ocean's still really warm. It's actually warmer then than it is in parts of July. All right, so now listen, I'm listening to you and I realize that you being a local mm -hmm. has tremendous advantages, right? You of know course. the history, you know, you know, I'm getting educated about Sag Harbor and the ports and all these things. So I would imagine there are some realtors out there who are they seasonal as well? Like, do they kind of migrate? Like yeah, I mean, even some of my coworkers are seasonal. Mm -hmm. You know, some people work in the city and then they They try come out in the summer. Correct. They try and do some deals out. I mean, I, God bless them. I don't know how they do it. I would never go to mm -hmm. the city and do a deal. Right. I mean, I've been in the city a million times, but it's so far. It's a different market. Different market. And you, don't, and you can't educate your buyer enough. To, mm -hmm. you know, you're actually doing them a, a disservice. A hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, they're asking me questions just so that they could tell it because they don't know what they're talking about. You know, gotcha. finding rentals. I mean, they don't know if the owners are crazy. I mean, they, everybody thinks when you rent, it's just about the house. You need to know if the house gets repaired, if yep. the owner's a liability or not. There's so many things that go into it even before then. Like my clients, I'm like, yeah, you can't, you can't rent that house. Right, right. You know, don't do it. Don't do it. Like, yeah. unless you live and breathe the market, mm -hmm. like up here, would I come up here and sell a house? No, I would call you. Right. Because that's your specialty. Well, you call my son. He's I, the real. Yeah, I'll call your son. <laughs> I'll call your son. Call Justin. <laughs> but, uh, you know, that's that's a very interesting thing. So what I what I've noticed, again, being local, just hearing you, I could tell like if I was out there in that market, right, I would want to speak with somebody like you mm -hmm. because you 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 know all the granular details like you are local so even it's like when you go on vacation you want to go where the locals go or mm -hmm. you want to learn about you know the area from the locals so of you're course. kind of like you know a double threat there right because no of course and you see so many mistakes that get made when they don't use the right professional i mm -hmm. mean you see a trade go through and you're like how did somebody pay for that like, how did they spend that much? That's 20% over what the market value is. Right. But that's because they had a broker who just pushed them to the wrong thing. Right. I mean, I see it all the time. It happens. And I love being on the other side. You know, of course. I, right. Yeah. I'm sitting there and I see a broker from New York City bring their client. And it's like, you know, I could already see the money signs because they don't yeah. know what they're looking at. And they might not know that the hospital is right next door and uh, that the traffic that goes in front of this is right. terrible, you right. know, but they, they're not getting educated by their Again, broker. the local knowledge is valuable. A hundred percent. You know, if I was to buy up here, I mm -hmm. would probably come here and I would speak to multiple brokers. You know, you see some of these, uh, some of these buyers, they speak to one broker who they've never met in their life. Mm -hmm. They come out with them. And pretty much the broker opens the door. That's all they're doing. Yeah. So, so one thing I've learned about you, I did a little research on you, is, um, well, a couple of things, right? You're not the type that's just going to, like, open the door, show the house, and hope the house sells itself. No. Although I would imagine that ha does happen, right? You're dealing with people with money. Yes, it they does. They just fall in love with something. I don't know. No, you know? that I mean, trust me, it does happen. Mm -hmm. Like, I get those phone calls. Like, you just get... 
lucky almost, right? A hundred percent. Like I've sold houses within five minutes of meeting people. Mm -hmm. You know, I was like, these are the three houses you should see. And I hit hit it right on the head. Right. But does that happen normally? No. No. I mean, most of the time they rent for a couple of years. You know, when you're spending three, four, five, six and up. You, you rent for a couple of years. You like the different neighborhoods. Like right. you check out Sag Harbor, you check out Southampton, you check all those areas out, and then you purchase. It's normally two to three years before somebody buys. Oh, okay. Yeah, so that's how I really started my business mm-hmm. was I sat in the office. I'm like going on all these listing appointments. No, 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 no. You have never sold one house. Right. Why would we hire you? So I was like, all right. I hit my head against this wall this many times. I need to switch it up. So I was like, look at all these rentals. And you make, you know, in the Hamptons, you make 10%. I was going to ask you about that because it's unique, right? You have six-figure rentals for the season. So, I've done and you can make a nice, rentals. Yeah, okay. You yeah. Can, yeah. <laughs> that's a nice commission on a rental, right? Where, exactly. Like, there's almost, I mean, I'm sure there's other areas around the country, maybe around mm-hmm. the world, but it's unique, right? That's not common that you can make it. Yeah, I mean, I just did a rental last week for $1.8 million Mm -hmm. for four months. Right. Insane. 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 But he's a $50 million buyer. So, you know, he wants to rent on the ocean. Right. He wants to feel it out. Mm -hmm. And then there's three houses on the street we're going to look at during the summer. And he's going to obviously, if one of them clicks, he'll make an offer. But, you know, it it takes a lot of work. The bigger the deal... The more hands that are in because they have referrals coming from the city you know it's mm-hmm. not just me right that's the thing is everybody always sees like that big number right and they're right. like wow you need that much money i'm like no that, that pie gets sliced up a bunch of ways my son is learning that too you know uh, exactly there's five other hands in there right right <laughs> you know this referral came from this person you know exactly so okay but it's smart to do it a lot of people always say oh i'm not paying referrals very very short-sighted you know, I do one deal, I might make only 50%, mm-hmm. but you get five deals, you know? so Out of that one and, yeah, deal that you got 50% on. Exactly, because the other referral, the agent referral keeps feeding you, or their friend who you sold something to buys something from you. Gotcha. So it just rolls, it just keeps rolling. It's a snowball. Okay, cool. So let's talk, let's, let's back up a little bit. Um, because we're going right into the business thing, which is great <laughs> because like I told you before we started, there's so many realtors out there now and, um, you know, they look at these shows, they see what you guys do and they want to know a lot of this stuff that you're talking about now. These are like the things that I think help make you successful and stuff that they can learn from. Of course. Yeah. Know? I mean, it drives me crazy when I hear an agent say, the first thing you walk in, this is a four bedroom, three bath. I'm like, yeah, we knew this. Like, Right. That's why we came ago. here. Yeah. It's like, uh, tell me something I don't know. Lots of natural light. You exactly. Know, tell me cliches, something right? that the restaurants are a mile away from here. Tell me something that I wouldn't know from reading the description that obviously we've already read right you know so that's the most important thing i would always say is bring something to the table yeah don't just regurgitate what you read on the listing i agree yeah i agree it it has to be something different you have to you know have that value um or 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 the knowledge of the area you're trying to and and learn contracting right like am i a contractor no but i've been on job sites since i was 16 years old so Mm -hmm. i know what things cost and yeah, it's general generalization of the numbers. But when you look at a house, 
they ask me how much does the bathroom cost to renovate you have to know those numbers right. right so you're bringing more and you have to have the contacts to get them done in the proper time period yeah so that's part of being an agent is being a resource you know right. and if you yeah, have, you're like the quarterback you're the point man right exactly. so exactly. even if they like the house that they buy from you but they want to renovate and now you're adding value by saying hey here's a contractor that could do those renovations exactly. or spec build. I know you were and you bring about them that too. on the second showing so yeah. that you can get rough estimates so your client knows exactly what they're walking yeah. into. That's awesome. Yeah. That's more than just showing of course. four bedroom, three bedroom. And that's what I teach my guys and girls every day is mm -hmm. bring something to the table. If you're not bringing anything to the table, you might as well leave. Right. Okay. Awesome. So let's talk about your career. You talk, touched on being on contract sites, again, doing a little research on you. Where'd you go to school? You went to college. So right. I definitely- Let's talk about Jimmy <laughs> in high school, college, and then what you did after college, and then we're going to transition how you got into real estate. So yeah, let's so talk about that. In high school, I was always very competitive. I love sports. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, everybody always was, uh, you know, I- Got good enough grades to stay on the teams just to make my dad happy. But, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't, like, I was in advanced classes and stuff, but it wasn't anything that I focused on. Mm -hmm. Like, the business and stock market, like, I invested in stocks since I was 12 years old. Okay. You know, I, if there was something I liked, I did it all the way. And if it's something I wasn't, I just did it enough to right. get by. Right, just enough to get by. Exactly. So, okay. you know, everybody always thinks like, oh, did you go to this great school? You know, and even when people apply to, you know, work for me, I don't look at a resume. You know, I think I could tell within. This is important. Listen up here. Go. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't need you to be a neurosurgeon to sell a house. Mm -hmm. I need you to have personality have work ethic i need you to be able to communicate right you know within a five minute conversation i can tell you, you if tell. you're going to make real money in real estate or not right. i mean it's you can learn it but it's a lot harder to learn it than if you already have it mm -hmm. so you know i can tell everybody shows me their resume and just put it down on the side right you yeah. just want to have that interaction and you could tell exactly so I, throughout college, I, I actually got kicked out of my first college. Okay, and, um, which which school did you go to? I went to uh, Coastal Carolina. Oh, okay. In I South know, Carolina. I know some people who've gone there. Yeah, so I lasted <laughs> for like barely four semesters okay. before I got the boot. Yeah, good stuff. <laughs> and uh, then, you know, I told my dad, and my dad's a doctor, so he's very big into education. My mom has a master's, so mm -hmm. they're very big into education, but I already knew what I wanted to do since I was 16. So I right. was like, I want to be developing houses and be a real estate agent. Oh, so you knew that early on. So I, I thought I heard you say like you were thinking about like Wall Street and trading stocks well, and things I, like that. I was definitely thinking about that, but that was always like simultaneous. Like I didn't okay. know. I, I always had like my groundwork. Like it was going to be one of those four, you know, core things. Yep. And the only reason why I stayed in school is because I figured Wall Street would need it, right? Right. So then I went there for six months out of college thinking mm -hmm. I was going to walk into this glamorous job. Right, and, right. Uh, Open sacks. They were just going to open the doors up Exactly. For you, right? So I worked there, you know, on Wall Street for six months. And then I got a promotion. And I'm sitting there across from the guy. And he's like, Jimmy, you worked really very hard. We want to promote you. Mm -hmm. And I sat there and I didn't say anything. It's right. like the first time I was speechless in my life. And I said, you know, Mark, I really appreciate it. He was the guy that I looked up to up at the firm. Right. I said, I really appreciate it, but it's just not for me. 
And he's like, what are you talking about? You don't want the promotion? I was like, no, I don't want the job. And I quit that day. Wow. Because <laughs> I just was not happy with myself. Okay. And, you know, people always say... How old were you, Jimmy, when this I was when this 25. Happened? Okay. So, so that's a pivotal time, right? Because I cause think you it's your mid-20s when you start to really feel like where you, you want to go and yeah. what direction you want to go in life. Yeah, because if you take too much... I'm not saying you can't do it later in life. Like, I have people that work for me who were in advertising in the city and they just started working for me and they're, they're in their 50s and mm-hmm. they're being successful in real estate. Mm-hmm. They used all their life experience in sales and advertising, which is you know, definitely different, but right. sales are sales. So you can definitely use some of that towards real estate and they're very successful. So you could always change your life. Oh, I believe in that too. Yeah. Absolutely. But, you know, I was at a point where I just wasn't happy with myself. I was, you know, I love the Hamptons. I love the open air. I was in this tiny, crummy apartment. It was just... You're like, get me back out to exactly. my hometown, right? So I came home. I worked a summer job, like doing a sports camp mm-hmm. that I always worked. And my dad said, you have until September to figure it out what you want to do. So this was like in June. Okay. So I over those three months... I just started brainstorming the things I was good at. I kept jotting them on and I kept going back to working with Peter Kalos, who's like a family friend. He's like my uncle. Okay. And I used to work on his job sites and he used to yell at me and, you know, he he treated me just like everybody else. Right. But I I always remember sitting there and being like, I could do this for, you know, my uncle was very successful. I could do this. And then the real estate agents would show up in their fancy cars and my uncle, he was, you know, rough and tumble. He was like, why don't you speak to them? So I would bring people around the job site. Uh, and I'm like, I can do both. So that was like the aha so moment. That's, so that's how, and, and, and knowing what little I know about you, you, you do work with a lot of spec builders. Correct. From what I understand. Yeah. You said it here just a few minutes ago, like you have the in with contractors and you know contracting costs and things like that. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it seems like it was a like a perfect match, right? It it was, it, but it did take until I was twenty five to put that all together. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it didn't. Yeah. It, it, but that's where the time comes in, man. Listen, exactly. I'm going to be fifty three this year. I'm still figuring stuff out myself. Like a year ago, I wasn't. I, I never even listened to a podcast, and here I am sitting. Well, this is Jimmy my first doing a podcast. This is my first podcast. Is so. it really? <laughs> yeah, cool. First time for both of us. Exactly. I've been on a few, but I've never hosted one. So awesome. Uh, yeah, that's that's awesome. That, I didn't know that, um, but it takes an, it takes some time sometimes to figure that out. And having kids in their twenties, my daughters, I have twin daughters. They're going to be twenty one this year. My son, like I said, is twenty three. He's in real estate, and I tell him the same thing. I'm like Justin. Do it now while you're young. You have no responsibilities. And I tell them five years. You're saying two. Well, at least two. At least two. <laughs> exactly. Right. But Before it, it you make a time. change, you should do it. Because the income doesn't come. I mean, everybody. It's almost like an internship the first two years. Right? Exactly. That's <laughs> the way you have to look at it. It's like going back to college. Mm-hmm. You know, I, like in college, I, I don't know. Maybe somebody else went to another college that they actually learned something. But, you know, they don't teach <laughs> That's you. That's how school was for me, too. Yeah. I mean, they don't teach you about money. You get yep. out of school and, you know, they don't teach you about life. No. Nope. I mean, they teach you about history, which is, I'm a big historian. Like, I love right. reading that stuff. That doesn't make how do you, any money. How do you make any money from history, right? No, it, it could it, be a, a buff. Unless you're a teacher, you know. Right. I don't know how else to make money from that. So, right. you know, I... I and I always say, 
if you're not happy with your life, you got to make a change. You know, I can't stand when people say I'm not happy with my job. Right. Well, drop it. You know, you might have to work a late night shift so that you can learn real estate during the yep. day. I mean, I was working, in, you know, at restaurants at night, just, you know, making money because I obviously was making no money during the day. And I was doing odd end jobs mm-hmm. and stuff like whatever I could do to make some money at night. So right. during the day, I could focus on real estate. Yep. And then slowly but surely, I phased that out because I didn't need that you know, small income. Right. It's like the part-time gig. And that's what I talk about all the time in some of the videos that I make. And when people ask me about my career, it was very similar. It's like, it comes a point where like, you know, your day job becomes, you know, you have a day job and a side gig. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the day job becomes a side gig. And the side gig is like your full-time thing. Exactly. your career. Exactly. transition over. And I want to do a social experiment. So I've I've been talking... Because I truly believe if somebody has work ethic, I could teach them to make money. I really do believe that. I think that in this world, you know, there's so many people that have strong work ethic. They just don't know the direction. Right. And they don't have the opportunity. Yeah. But sometimes you have to make your opportunity. But mm-hmm. I think I could take somebody who's working, and there's nothing wrong with this, working at McDonald's or 7-Eleven, and I bet you I could turn them into making six figures in less than three years. Wow. I really do believe that, and I'm going to do a social experiment. Uh, You know, obviously I have to find the right person, but I've been looking around because I truly believe in the American dream. I really do believe if you have ambition and you have the work ethic, you can make anything of yourself. And I'm not going to sit here and say I'm not lucky because, you know, sometimes things need to break your way. Even Mark Cuban says, he goes, absolutely. it's very easy to be a millionaire, but to be a billionaire, you have to be lucky. You know, there has to be something that falls your way. And you read about these guys. And if you ever... you got to study other people, right? Because successful people leave footprints and you could follow that. You know, it might not be exactly the way it would work out for you, but, you know, there are blueprints out there to follow. Well, my best advice I've ever received is I was 26 years old just started getting into real estate and one of my very very wealthy clients he told me look at your friends mm-hmm. and I'll tell you where you'll be in five years my dad told me that yeah my dad told me and that it's a hundred percent right mm-hmm. I, I mean I have a lot of friends that are very successful and I have some friends that are still struggling a little bit yeah but if you're around friends that are hungry as you you start rubbing into each other and yeah it, it happens it's and steel sharpened steel right exactly you be around people who have or like-minded mm-hmm. and it and it really does point you in the right direction all of a sudden one of his friends who works with him at a law firm in the city is looking for a house like there's just so many things that it spider webs out to right in my business that all of a sudden just because of one friendship it turned into a business deal now, I would have never got that business deal unless I was around successful people. Right. You know, I, I was just doing a speech for the Wall Street Journal right before COVID hit. Mm-hmm. And there was a panel of people in New York City. And, you know, I did my whole thing. Right. And then one of the biggest developers in New York City goes, I, I like what you said. He goes, you know, a lot of people say this fluff and, you know, all this, you know, oh, real estate's great. The market's great. But right. you actually said facts like and that's the best way to do it is just say the facts because nobody could ever say you're wrong if you're mm-hmm. just telling the facts. So he comes up to me. He goes, I have a friend who's looking for a, for a house. I'll connect you. Mm-hmm. It, simple. I put myself in the right you, position. You were in the right. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you get something just for being in the right spot. Right. And and that's and that's the whole thing. And, and it seems like you've done a good job of that. 
with your career. The other thing I've noticed about you, Jimmy, too, is um, you work with a lot of other realtors, not only like, I guess, locally, but like in Miami, I see you talking 100%. to guys. I saw you talking to Jason Oppenheim, right? Yeah, Out in correct. LA. Yeah, he's a great I, I've seen you speak with people in Miami, I think Israel, like, you know. I'm like, wow, this guy is really networking. Well, that's outside of his marketplace. Like, he's not just sitting in his. Correct. You have to focus on your market. Now, if I was selling real estate here, mm-hmm. I don't know if I would focus as much because I don't know how many buyers are really coming internationally and from other parts Correct. of the country. But I understand. in my market, ninety percent of my business comes from Manhattan area, mm-hmm. so Brooklyn, tri-state area, parts of. Connecticut and right. Northern Jersey, Florida, mm-hmm. international, and California. Okay. That's like 90, 92% right. of my business is those areas. Wow. So I do I have I ever had a buyer from Kansas or Texas or no, I haven't. Mm-hmm. And maybe one day I will. But right. predominantly that's where they yeah, come. Yeah, and so that's why you build these relationships. 100%. Right? Because you just don't want to wait and you know, they're not just going to walk in the nest seekers and say, hey, exactly. where's Jimmy to show me a house? And right? if Jason or one of the other big agents in Miami or whatever sell a house for $20 million and they're saying they're going to the Hamptons, like this weekend, there's a developer named Aldo. He's a really nice guy. He's from Italy and stuff. He bought something from an agent in L.A., mm-hmm. wants to look in the Hamptons. I got the connection, and now I'm taking him to see places this weekend. Right. All from... Italy to LA to the Hamptons. Right. And that connection would have never been made if I wasn't networking. Exactly. So when you network too, you this is something I want to point out to the young aspiring realtors. I'm a financial planner. I work with a lot of realtors um, on Instagram. I have whatever, however many followers, it doesn't matter, but I'm willing to bet you half of them are realtors. Mm-hmm. And I work with so many of them and I try to get them set up on the financial planning side, right? Like set yourself up as an LLC or an S Corp, if it mm-hmm. makes sense, do some tax planning, retirement planning. Like that's my thing with these young professionals and I get a lot of joy doing that. But I think the other thing they need to do is market themselves a little better. And the cell phone is like the easiest thing to do it with. A hundred percent. And that's something I think, and that's, that's I guess what I want to ask you. So you're working with like, you know, people in other parts of the country and you're saying 92% of your business comes from these areas. But like, what would somebody like my son, a young realtor, just starting out, year and a half in the business, what should somebody like him do, a new realtor, a year or two out to get up and running and, and get his feet under him? And to tell you the truth, I am not the social media guru. Mm-hmm. I actually hire somebody at this point to yeah. help me. I pay her a monthly fee and you know, it's well worth it to me because you know, the couple hundred bucks I pay her per month. Mm -hmm. Well, that's something they can do too. Right. Or if they don't have it, they could watch what you're doing and just say, Hey, this is what Jimmy's doing. I'm going to do the same thing. Exactly. It's not like we're reinventing the wheel. Mm -hmm. You know, you do some property tours and all of a sudden you get more followers, you get more connections and all of a sudden, like, you know, I wish I had my phone in front of me. I could show you clients reaching out. Oh, where is that house? Yep. And I'm I've seen it myself. I mean, that's how we connect too, exactly. through Instagram, right? Exactly. <laughs> a couple of messages back and forth. I was like, oh, wow, this is a guy from the show I was watching. <laughs> All of a sudden, we exchanged a couple of messages, and then here we are. And I point that out to my son and some of the other young realtors. I guess it's hard to get over that, you know, um, that initial 
you're nervous, right? Well, About getting in front of a camera, talking to somebody you've never you're met before. If you're too nervous for rejection, you're in the wrong field. Wrong field. So any sales field for that matter, right? Exactly, and you have to put yourself out there. Even I get denied 99 times out of 100. Right. You know, but it takes one. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one. Yeah. And you keep going and you keep going. And social media is new to me as well. I mean, yeah. I've been on social media, you know, for. Yeah, just for, personally, right? Correct. But really pushing it now with COVID and everything, mm-hmm. the amount of leads that I get through social media. I mean, I'm selling houses through social media. Like, it, never in my wildest dreams did I think I would be selling a house mm-hmm. and getting a six figure check off of a video I shoot for a minute with my finger, you know, like, Hey guys, look at this new brand new listing that I'm bringing on. You know, that's just like so far out there. And it's free 16 months ago. And now it's working and it's free. (laughs) You know, right there. It's right there. And the things that I do too is, you know, one thing that's really smart to do is latch on to somebody who you want to be like, right? Look up to somebody, but also there's crumbs that fall off the table, Mm -hmm. right? There's guys on my team that I've taught and they follow what I do. I obviously am, you know, if they take a client from me, I'm obviously paying them for it. Right. So really attach yourself with somebody you want to be like and take advantage of them uh, by the opportunity. This guy, like I can't be in 15 different places. Like this weekend, a couple of my guys from my team are taking my clients out. So attach yourself to somebody so that you can learn and yep. really start making money really quickly. And that's that's something my son thankfully has done. He's on a team, the O'Neill team. Uh, O'Neill team, I've heard of him. Yep, yeah. Dan O'Neill, yeah. young guy, sharp guy. Mm-hmm. Um, they have a group. I think they have about, I don't know, 10 or more awesome. uh, on the team. All young, good-looking kids. Yeah, Dan, like, Dan's like 28 kids. years old or something, right? Uh, something like that. Yeah. yeah he's Dan's a, young a good guy. guy. Yeah. yeah. He's a young guy. I love seeing young guys kill it. Trust yeah. me. I mean, so do I. And that's why I try to do whatever little part I can to nurture their dream. Mm-hmm. And by that, I mean, you know, helping set up. Because to your point, and I was listening to you very closely, first two years, it's like, you know, it could be a little bit of a... Struggle, right? 100%. But if you're not planning and then like the end of the year, you get a tax bill. It's like, oh, I did all right. I made 20, 30,000 my first year. And then it's like, all right, yo, I need 10,000 of that for taxes. And you're like, well, I don't have it. Well, why? We weren't planning, right? We weren't putting money away. 100%. And I think people are too complacent. Like, you know you're not going to make money, right? Mm-hmm. So get that side hustle. Get that bartending job. Get that waiter job. I love that you say yeah. that. And I'm hoping people are going to listen and clip that out because here's Jimmy saying this is what he did the first two years. Of right? course. They only see you on Netflix now. And it's like, well, yeah, he just kind of started selling million-dollar homes first year out the gate. Yeah, and that's the thing is they think that you know, because of the show, I'm selling this stuff. I did the one in three biggest deals in the Hamptons before the cameras yep. even rolled. So I was doing this before. So, right. you know, the fallacy of like Netflix and stuff, like some of these people definitely do blow up. I'm not saying my business hasn't gotten bigger, right? but it was already large before. Mm-hmm. And like, I always try and teach people, the cameras mean nothing. You know, if you want to get in front of the camera, by all means, bring them a big listing. It's a double-edged sword, though, right? You got to be careful how you carry yourself on camera, too. A hundred percent. It could swing the other way. Uh, trust not me. the best way. Yeah, and it, it's not easy. Like, filming is not enjoyable. 
it, it's a lot of time, a lot of effort. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, your business starts falling behind. Like, right. you know, you try and juggle so many balls, and then you have a wife and a kid, and you know. And that's why that was one of the first things I asked you. And I don't want to run on too long, but let's let's. Uh, I want to touch on a couple of things while I have you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and thanks again for being here, man. I really no appreciate it. No worries. Really, really appreciate it. So let's talk about the Netflix show a little bit, and mm-hmm. and and talk about you know. So in my, the way I see it, I'm an outsider, right? COVID's on, mm-hmm. everybody's binge watching uh, Netflix and, you know, there's nothing else to do. I stumbled upon the show. I watched, you know, uh, all of the, the uh, all of the episodes within like a day or two. Mm-hmm. And the thing I notice about your show and most reality shows is really like two types of people on these shows, the cast members, right? There's the big personalities and then there's the people with like the success, the big success, right? Mm-hmm. Prior to the show. To your point, you were kind of doing okay before the cameras rolled. And I liked that you made that a point. It's like, well, yeah, I was doing my thing before. <laughs> well, I Netflix. was. Just be clear, you right? You read some of these articles and they're like, oh, James is prospering so much from the Netflix show. I'm like, right. these deals were done before the show even aired. So right. there's no correlation. Yeah. And you seem to like um, shy away from the camera uh, in a way. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. You can well, correct me. But I, you, I definitely... you would seem to focus on your work running the team a little bit. Of course, you're a big part of the show. Correct. But, you know. We have a platform, right? And, you know, hopefully season two kicks off soon and we get that going. Mm-hmm. But you have a platform where you can take your business to a next level, right? Right. So you want to show, for me, you know, when I leave my family and I have to go to work, it's strictly business. Right. I mean, yeah, I could show you what I do on my off time, but how is that going to help me with mm-hmm. my business, right? So when the cameras are rolling, obviously there's some events, like one of my events where we received an offer, like, yeah, I can let loose a little bit, have a couple of drinks, let loose. Right. But you're still there for business. Mm-hmm. You know, people forget, like, just because you're at an event, right. you're still networking. This is my event. I have to be on the ball the whole time. Right. You can't, you can't be part of the party, right? No, no. I mean, that's <laughs> after that. After the deal is done, then <laughs> exactly. you can do that. Exactly. No, that's, that's cool. So, But, uh, yeah, I definitely tried to keep it more business. Like, even some of my family members, mm-hmm. is like, you, you were so uptight. And I'm like, I'm not uptight. It's just... I have a goal right and that's what your focus yeah. your focus that's what it was and that's that's how i saw it like when i saw you on the show is like you know you weren't involved in a lot of you know the, the drama the drama but listen that's part of the show right of and it needs to be a part of that and it's like a recipe almost you know? exactly i mean if it was just me being strictly business it probably would have been too dry it's no show <laughs> exactly <laughs> but you know what i wanted out of the show was mm-hmm. to be seen as the guy doing deals Right. To be the guy, like I started Hamptons Capital. One of yeah, and I wanted to ask you, so what? what's next? So you had this platform, you might have a season two, it sounds like, wink, wink, right? Yeah. What's next for Jimmy? Like, what so, do you got in the pipeline? So Hamptons Capital, I started about 12 months ago. So I've been helping fund deals, like raising capital, but I never really put a business together. Mm-hmm. So I started Hampton, Hamptons Capital. What I've been doing is raising capital. And what we do is we buy the land. We build the house and then we obviously sell it, spec house. So I've been getting 30 to 45% returns. So the investors are loving it. And then when you leverage it, the investing goes, you know, the returns go up to 140, 180% your cash on cash. Mm -hmm. So it's been very successful. I mean, I've been doing that for six years anyway, but now I'm more focused on that Mm -hmm. because there's a lot more time and effort that 
needs to be applied to that. But there's a lot more to prosper from it. I mean, there was one house we just sold. Sounds amazing. Yeah, there was one house we just sold. We laid out two and we made three and a half. So, you know, you may, that's, you know, what most people make in a year in real estate, yep. like the top guys. And I did it off of one house. So if you do, you know, five, six houses a year, you could see how you could scale it really quickly. Right. So that's what I've been really focused on. Obviously, I'll sell my own product mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, that's what I've been really that's focused awesome. on. That sounds that sounds pretty amazing. And then um, talk to me a little bit about the team. And I also saw something about you looking for interns. Correct. Kind of leads into, you know, you wanting to mentor like exactly people out there and then we could wrap up a little bit yeah so the team has been good i mean obviously my business has doubled and tripled every year this year will be tough compared to last year it'll definitely go up but i don't think i'll double it but um the business definitely gets bigger every year and obviously you know i have a kid now and i'm still doing 60 70 hours a week there's only so many hours in a week you could you obviously kill yourself right so you want to balance that Exactly. You want to be as efficient as you can. So Mm -hmm. I've been slowly growing out my team. Obviously, there's some growing pains. Mm -hmm. You know, everybody's got to click right. Right. And there's been some people that have left the team, but mostly everything's been on the up and up. Okay. So we started an internship program because, you know, that sounds promising. Yeah, I've been I've been definitely like uh, thinking how to give back and stuff and like people reach out all the time. So what I did is uh, we set up an internship program. Mm-hmm. We're going to have about seven interns this year. And then out of the seven, about three or four of them will receive job offers after the summer. Amazing. Yeah. So, you know, they're going to be competing a little bit in everyday uh, real estate information, you know, like setting up appointments and right. all that kind of stuff. Would this be part of the show in any way? A little bit. Yeah. Little yeah. Bit. I mean, it's but not it's gonna... not part. It, that's not your reason for doing it. No, clearly, right? no, nothing to do with the show. I mean, it, it might be like on one episode of like right. five or Yeah. 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 I Because really... You know, there's there's so many things we have to film, like filming interns mm-hmm. is not going to be the focus. But, they, you know, maybe some of them will be at some of the events or right. stuff like that, helping facilitate those. But if you ever need me to come out to these events, by the way, you got... You're more than invited. You know how to, like, it's like, you're, yo, Lou, I need you to come out here. We got this thing going on. You're always invited. Coming. You're all always right, like invited. That. All right. But definitely the internship is like <laughs> all these people kept DMing me, like how can I learn from you all this? Right. So I figured this was the best way to set it up. Yeah. And I wish I could, you know, I've had like 122 applicants and we actually had to shut it down because it was just getting, oh, it's getting overwhelmed. Yeah. And also like some of the applicants, uh, to be honest, were like from Florida, from other States, which mm-hmm. it's not feasible. Right. Like I really want to be teaching people and I can't do it through zoom or something like right. that. So we chopped it down to about 40 people. We mm-hmm. interviewed them and we've picked five already. There's about two spots left. That sounds and amazing. Yeah, it's cool. And, and the interns are going to be like literally attached to my hip. You know, maybe not all of them at the same mm-hmm. time, but they're going to be seeing my everyday life. So that's awesome. They should be able to pick up a lot really quickly. Do you, I'm going to, I got two more questions and we'll wrap up. So do you plan on sharing some of this like through social media? And the reason why I asked is, I mean, you don't have to document everything, right? But I think there's a lot to be learned from that journey. And this is like leads into this whole backstory thing, because somebody that you might be working with this year, let's say as an intern, well, they might be Jimmy three, four years from now. Exactly. And it's kind of nice to see that progression. 
Of course. I mean, I've thought about it, but the problem is, is like I'm already filming one at mm -hmm. the same time. No, I'm talking about on your cell phone, bro. Just like, you know, it's yeah, like, yeah. hey, we're going to for a listing and this is it's a my good turn. Idea. And it's a good idea. I definitely will. Definitely. Like you it. could literally make your own reality show with. Well, that's Your what Instagram account. Almost, my social you know? media girl, Tara, she was telling me to do like a YouTube series. Yeah. Like, or something along those lines. Yeah, call like the intern. I'm like, yeah. yeah. It doesn't have to be a big production. I mean, you could probably do something like that on your own. Exactly. All right. Listen, one other thing. Tell us one thing, if there's anything that um, we might be surprised to learn about Jimmy. You'd be surprised to know that, you know, I, I didn't have it all figured out like I was telling you before. Like, I did get kicked out of college. I, I definitely... It's awesome that you shared that. Yeah, too. I mean, I'm not perfect by any means. Mm -hmm. But the one thing I will tell you is no matter what, you got to wake up every day and be just as effective as the day before. It's so easy when you got your own schedule, right, to get out of bed at 10.30. Make your own hours. Do yeah, whatever. but you have to get up wake up every day. I set up I set up a schedule for myself. First two hours, I wake up every day. I'm on my phone answering emails, getting back to everybody, setting up appointments. The next two hours is new business. Mm -hmm. All I focus on is speaking to- And what to, time are you getting up in the morning? So I'm, I'm a night, night guy. I work till around 10.30 at night. Yep. So I wake up at nine o'clock. Mm -hmm. Well, I start work at nine o'clock. Wake yep. up at 8.30, hit the shower. You work and doing these things you're talking about at nine o'clock. Starting at nine o'clock because really, to be honest, none of my clients are taking phone calls earlier than that. So, and most of the phone calls happen at night. That's something you don't realize in real estate. People are working the the day. Excellent. My my main hours are from six to ten thirty at night. Mm -hmm. Nobody really thinks about that, but literally, I didn't either. Yeah, most of my best, you know, my best conversation, the best time to speak to my clients are is after dinner. Mm -hmm. So I'm constantly texting, emailing during the day, but they're meetings, so they're just hitting me back. At night is when you set up all the calls and you get to really, you know, right. steer them to the right direction. So the best thing I would always say is set a schedule and stick to your schedule. Mm -hmm. It's so easy to fall out of place right. and it's so easy to give up. Do not give up and keep pushing. And trust me, it, I'm not... A rocket scientist. If you work hard, you speak to any of the top agents, there was always a grind. Yep. Nobody just started at the top. And put yourself in these positions to be successful, right? Hang on 100%, to the right people. 100% love. Awesome. You're going to come out this summer, though, for sure. As long as COVID slows down a little yeah, bit, you're definitely coming out. Let me know. I would love to. I'd exactly. Love to. So definitely. Listen, Jimmy, thank you so much for being here with me, man. I really appreciate it. Uh, wish you all the success. You, your family, your new baby. Um, really, really appreciate the opportunity to speak with you today. Thanks for having me. Lou. Thanks, man. Thanks See for watching, you. guys. See you next See time. You guys.